Hello and welcome to Greedo Shop First. I'm James Taylor. And I'm Marco Sparks. Hi. Hello. We're back. I'm in the middle of a dead period of Star Wars news, and yet here we are. Back to talk mm-hmm. about Star Wars. <laughs> and I think some other stuff. I don't know. I, I have some like some franchise IP thoughts in general. You know, WandaVision just finished up. Uh, Falcon Winter Soldier is just beginning. Mm. Justice League movie is out. We can just, you know, talk some IP. Talk some content. Mm, mm, mm-hmm. Excited for that? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't until you said Justice League. <laughs> we didn't need to discuss that very much. It's just, it's one of the, the stars in the constellation of this new world we live in where nothing ever goes away and everything is intellectual property. And the loudest, most worstest mm-hmm. voices get rewarded. Yeah. All right. Well, um, you did something rather rare. You What's read that? a Star Wars book. I mean, I used to read Star Wars books. Yeah, but you haven't read any recently. And no, yet, because... you finished the entire Light of the Jedi book, was I only finished like 90% of it. Uh, to be fair, I was doing a lot of stuff. So I did the audiobook, mm-hmm. which was wild because it was a full. It's like a production, right? They it's like a production. There's music. And, yeah. yeah, there's music. The um, the, f- the funniest part is during the parts where the uh, the Nihil Tempests are like fighting. Mm-hmm. When they're talking to each other, like the, obviously they'll do like like radio crackle or they'll distort voices. But like there's like like guitar solos playing in the background. Fucking <laughs> like Nihil. The, the guy who does the voice of the the eye. I fucking hated that character based on this guy's performance or I mean it's the same how would you describe it listen here Jedi I'm Hmm. gonna make you pay like like Crispin Glover Uh, like punk rock Crispin Mm -hmm. Glover just like I've got my mysterious rod yeah so I guess uh, you know spoilers for the line of the Jedi which came out I don't know months ago January Uh, yeah yeah it seems like a good way to jump off talking about where Star Wars is right now. What do you think uh, of the book overall? I think, uh, I think I said before, I would love it if, as a Saturday morning cartoon as a kid. Um, it's a book for teenagers. I don't know. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I was, I was glad when it was over, but it wasn't the worst thing. I was, I was kind of intrigued by the, the opening format. Hmm. Okay. And then I got over it. Yeah, I I could not stand the first part of it. Um, once it settled down to like actually focusing on a few characters, I thought it got a little bit better. But I don't know. It's it's hard because I'm so familiar with the old EU and kind of like the way things like hyperspace worked that like a lot of stuff here just graded on me. Like if I if I never had read the old books, maybe I wouldn't notice as much. But I really hate what they've done to hyperspace in the the new EU. It it's super seems, confusing. It's unnecessary and confusing. It doesn't really line up with the movies. And mm-hmm. it's like, I, I understand wanting to like reset a lot of the plot stuff from the old EU, you know, because that's just like way too much to deal with. You know, it's like we just want a free, clean slate. But like, why did you have to fuck with the way hyperspace worked? Like they had a whole system of pseudoscience that was simple and made sense. You know, like this idea that like gravity, you know, you can't go to hyperspace inside a gravity well. And so... That's why the, the ships had to, you know, get up into space before they could go to hyperspace. And then the Imperials, like they had these, these special ships that would generate gravity wells to trap people. And so it's it was just like it made sense. It was a nice system of like there's some rules established for, so that, you know, you couldn't just go to hyperspace whenever and introduce dramatic stakes. 
And here, instead, they've invented this whole weird, like, hyperspace beacon system where you have to have beacons and special routes through hyperspace, mm. which is confusing because why do you need to calculate a jump to hyperspace if you just have a route that everyone knows and uses? I don't know. I, I don't like well, it. Unfortunately, this the, on, on the, in the movie level, I, again, you're never going to convince me this was not inspired by the Holdo maneuver. But like they were like, that looked cool. What if we made it more convoluted? But I think it's it's completely shat upon in the movies just with whatever the Falcon is doing at the beginning of Rise of Skywalker, which yeah. just yeah, what like, is what is even that? Like it just seems like it's flying 100 in the face of Han, very simply telling us like. The computer needs to navigate a route, or we're going to uh-huh. fly into like a moon. Well, and Kylo Ren's doing it too, and he's like flying through, um, but nebula or whatever to get to Exegol. Like you're not mm-hmm. supposed to like steer in hyperspace, really. It's just like you calculate a jump and then you wait till you know. You yeah, get out point of the A jump. to point B. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, like the emergences didn't make any sense to me because why would they pop up weeks later? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's very you just kind of have to hand wave it all and be like <laughs> extra dimensional. Or to me, it's just like you made hyperspace more complicated and less interesting because it's more magical. Like at least before, there was like this kind of pseudoscience to it where it, it kind of it, it made sense and you know you knew how the kind of the rules of the story operated. Yeah, yeah, it loses you the moment a character goes like uh, what is it like they didn't realize hyperspace is sick and it's like yeah what no it's not it's not an entity yeah <laughs> uh, yeah definitely a book for i keep saying teens it might be just for older kids you know it's the golden age because the author tells you every four paragraphs it's the golden age i don't see the other thing i i could not stand the jedi in this i kind of just hated them all like they mm. just they came off as like these really lame kind of like i got this real like kind of like religious vibe to all of them like oh yeah like religious camp counselor lame kind of dad jokes like they didn't seem like fun hangs at all the the only one i'm curious about let's see i had to pull up some of the wikis mm-hmm. because uh who could even shit where is my one um the main jedi is named avar chris mm-hmm. yes yeah so what i want to know is uh What's going on with Elzar Man? Is that guy fucking? Well, there's the, there's the barest suggestion that Avar Chris kind of has a thing for Elzar Man. Like it's it's a crouching tiger, hidden dragon. Yeah, yeah, kind it's, of it's thing, very much right? a Limuvi. Yeah, like Shinley, whatever. Like it's. I mean, maybe they'll go somewhere with it. They don't really do a whole lot in this book, mostly because you barely spend more than a few chapters with any one character because there's like yeah. way too many characters. I mean, I, I only know who Loden Grainstorm is because the villain makes fun of his name to his mm-hmm. face at the end of the book. <laughs> yeah, I think he's a Twi'lek, if memory serves. Yeah, he's um, got the big green tentacle mm-hmm. on the back of his head. Uh, he seemed you... lame. I couldn't stand him. He just seemed like the cool guy, like youth pastor, who I just instantly hated. Did you get a uh, Dance of Dragons flashback with the guy who's just like constantly be like, reopen the hyperspace lanes. <laughs> I like the reopen the fight. Yeah, pits yeah, thing. yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's like... We gotta like get perspective of some senator who's mad. I don't know. It's funny to me because there's there's like a, a quarantine thing happening because hyperspace is sick or whatever. Like mm-hmm. it seems like if they wanted to invent some sort of conflict that would unstabilize the galaxy, an actual like virus or disease probably would have made more sense. Although that would have landed really poorly when these yeah. books were slated to come out. Yeah. Um also, what you were dying to get was the uh, cameo by the ancestors of Lor Santeca, right? Sure, whatever. So, 
the woman on the ship, she's a navulator. Yeah, this is this, this new thing they've invented where somehow her brain is magical and can understand the, the pathways of hyperspace better than a computer can and can find these secret pathways through hyperspace. It doesn't make any sense. It's it's like from a different like uh like world, like a different IP, you know. It's like Star Wars kind of had the rules for how it worked and instead you're just kind of drafting this new stuff on top of it. I must I'm shocked there's not like time travel. I'm sure there is by the end of this series, yeah. but well, I mean, if, like if the, stuff is uh, taking days or weeks to come out of hyperspace, then why couldn't it work the other way, too? Yeah, I guess. Like, uh, just the fact that they had her, like, boxed up like she's a precog from Minority Report just cracked me up. Yeah, it's like some sort of, like, quantum realm business or something, right? Or something. Well, also, it just, I, I my next note is just, uh, I love the constant repeated notions. Just let you know, or mentions, let you know, Yoda's out there. He'll make an appearance at some point. Yeah. He's on sabbatical. It's, like there was a there was a hilarious episode of of Voyager where like Belana Torres is like talking about something and she's just like, "We've got a guy named Data," and it's like, "Belana, you've never met Data." Mm-hmm. Thunk. <laughs> Don't talk about Data on Star Trek Voyager. Uh, and then the weird corporate sponsorship angle, like you keep getting like info about which corporation provided the Jedi's latest vehicles. There was a lot of like. You could tell that the, the the writing group that came up with all this was like really into the world building and like coming up with lots of stupid little details about like this is the kind of spaceship a Jedi flies and this is mm-hmm. the names for their like kind of like cruiser type ships and the larger ships and this See, dumb stuff like where like they have these like special Jedi starships that like they have to activate by putting their lightsaber like up to it like a like I an RFID chip or something. Yeah, it's just stupid. Like like I, when he wants every every time they want to use the weapon system, he has to pull his lightsaber out and like push it against the panel, and then like ooh, then the, the weapon systems come online. Yeah, I can see a lot of problems, but it reminded me just of every once in a while, like on GI Joe, they would like take a moment just to really acquaint you with this new vehicle that you could go buy as a toy, and I was mm-hmm. like, I kept getting that vibe, and I was like, yeah, I could see where like as a kid I would find this fucking awesome, but eh. <laughs> Eh? So Marcion Rose Rod, that's not that's not something I should recognize, right? His rod? Oh, you didn't get to you didn't get to the you didn't get to the whole him torturing Loden Great Storm. No, I did not. Okay, he's got some kind of mysterious rod that he's like, my family's had this. We're gonna make the Jedi pay with it. It's like a three foot long stick with like carvings of people screaming on it, and like it mm. glows purple when he touches mm. it. And I understand that he, you know, he wants to destroy the Republic or whatever. It really seems like they're just like extremely mid-tier, like pirate gang in the Outer Rim, and you're going to take on like, you know, ten thousand planets or whatever. It's like whatever. I, I almost turned it off when we got their name, but then I was like, hold on, hold on. Star Wars villains in the EU have always had dumbass names. I feel like the names are particularly stupid in this book, though. And Avar the, uh, Chris, seriously. The. Uh... The one guy, like uh, I can't remember what he's like. The the one Tempest runner who keeps fucking up, oh, and he's like just Kasav like or whatever. Yeah, yeah. He's just like I should go start my own group, but he's like coming up with this yeah. whole. He's, name he's really brainstorming his name schema around fire, and you know, <laughs> yeah. Good on you, buddy. <sighs> yeah, the the first part of it I found almost unreadable because it's this is constant jumping from like new character to new character, and it's like, and then this person sees a disaster coming and then they die and then it just like keeps jumping around like that and well like the i just say the the 
if you're a kid or like a teenager, that kind of like formatting though, where it's like it's constantly building suspense of letting you know, like we're one hour from like the the thing, yeah. we're forty five minutes from the thing. I feel like that would really buy you. Know, for me, it was just like I was bored. I like I've never, mind. I feel like I've never gotten this in a Star Wars book before. Where mm-hmm. is this going? And I kept thinking too, like you're obviously not going to make the whole book this. So then, how do you, how do you change from like you know the Atlantic Ocean to the Pacific Ocean there of the rest of your plot? Yeah, Which to me, it was just a slog. I was just like, God, I can't get on with this stupid like disaster that's happening that that honestly sounded pretty boring. It was just like a bunch of fast moving objects in space that they're trying to stop. Which well, like, and, and and not worthy of capital G, capital D, great disaster or mm-hmm. whatever they're calling yeah. it. Like, uh, but it's like, whatever, the, the, the Jedi kind of diminished the effects of a 9-11. Yay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think Claudia Gray has a book um, that you know is in the same time period that's supposed to be better. Um, I mean, she's she's a far better writer than the other writers they've recruited. So I don't know why they don't have her doing the lead stuff. But so here's what I'm intrigued by. So it took me all of four minutes on the wiki because I read this like a month ago mm-hmm. or whatever to catch up to find out that like across. Those two books, Lie of the Jedi and I think it's called Into the Dark, mm-hmm. and then like whatever they're doing in the comics and the things, these characters, like they are changing genders of multiple characters back and forth as if the left hand has no idea what the right hand is doing. I mean, just like they're making mistakes or it, it it's, seems that it's way. It's not a character literally transitioning or anything. No, no, like no, no, that. no, okay. no, no, no. Yeah. No. It's just like this character here is a male and then fe- and that character's female, mm. and then this one it's completely reversed. It's like it's like I think on the wiki I read at least maybe four or five characters. And then things that had nothing to do with gender, where it's just like this this character's lightsabers is green right, in right. this book and blue in that book. It's like I mean, were were you saddened when like TMO's Jedi TMO died or or Master Jorah or you know, like there's just like various Jedi die and it's like these are just names. We don't give a shit about these people. There was the one that, like, I mean, I kind of follow this book in certain, like, Game of Thrones terms. Like, there was the one, like, the old-timer Jedi who, like, suddenly, like, reveals he's a badass with the sword. Right, right, yeah. Like, that was, like, two or three different Game the, of Thrones characters that, mashing the one. That, like, part of it with the um, the kidnapping that's happening that seemingly is taking place over two hours, and yet the, we keep cutting away to events that could only have happened over several weeks. Like, it made yeah. no sense at all. Um, yeah. But yeah, that that little group, like if the story had just been about them and he could have kind of developed those characters more, it could have been interesting. There was like one or two chapters or it's kind of like, hey, this is what the Jedi do when they're like, you know, not currently on a mission or something. It's it it interesting to actually like settle down and get into it a little bit. But then no, it was more. Well, but talk about your like uh, camp counselor. Yeah, yeah, thing. seriously. I mean, I just like that the like if you get to a certain level of Jedi, it's like they stop giving you assignments. You just get to do your own fucking thing. It's like mm-hmm. that sounds fun. Um, did you get to the point of the kidnapping? Yeah, yeah, I was right at the point where Loden Great Storm is getting captured, basically. Okay, okay. Yeah, that the Night Hill had started to do all their little micro jumps or whatever, and Master Jora died, and Skier was sad or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. It was stupid. Yeah, I. Other than than Avar Chris and uh, Exegol Elzar, Man or whatever, Elzar Man, yeah, Elzar Man. I like. I knew there was like a a, a kid who like might get Bell. promoted to mm-hmm. to to knight at some point. But I was like, man, I don't know who any of these fucking. Yeah, the only ones that even one's stood a, out one's to me a at all were oh that guy sucked. Yeah, there's Avar Chris, uh, Elzar Man, Loden Great Storm, and then his 
Padawan, which is Bell. And then um, there was like the old Jedi and then the Wookiee Jedi. Mm-hmm. And th- those all that really registered with me at all. There is literally a moment where effectively they're saying, hold on. All of us Jedi in the area are going to sing Kumbaya to like combine our powers to do something with the force to save the day. Yeah, it's a, lot just of, like, a lot of woo! battle, battle meld situation stuff going on, which in the past has always been like a Sith power, but sure, whatever. Isn't this the one too? Am I misremembering? They're just like, they're saying that the the no-no in the, the oh-no-no in the, in the Jedi is just getting attached. Attachment, yeah. It, it's not so much, it's not like you could, you, as long as you hit it and quit it. Mm-hmm. Jedi are Which, fine to be fuck boys doing like one night stands on Tinder, but they can't grow attachments. Which I mean, that has long been our headcanon about Obi-Wan Kenobi, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's just tearing his way mm-hmm. through through Coruscant. Yeah. I, in general, I feel like that rule makes the Jedi uninteresting because it's not human <laughs> or, you know, yeah. like, or alien or whatever, you know, like, it's just like, it's not a relatable character trait. And so, like, you're, you're always going to want the Jedi to have attachments just to be relatable human beings. Well, it's... And it's they clearly different... do. Like, it's it's obvious that, like, Avar Chris has an attachment to Elzar Man. It's a different thing when you're saying that Anakin, like, his, his frustration is that he can't nut. And then, like, once he can nut, he's got to keep it a secret. And that's, like, partially at the core of what, what turned him. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Ugh. There's a lot of things with uh, Anakin that I feel like some of this rewriting like can like reflect badly on him. You know, mm-hmm. He's clearly a racist. I just don't find the Jedi very interesting, especially the way they're betrayed here. Like, I feel like there's a way you could rehabilitate the Jedi like in the future to mm-hmm. be more of an interesting concept. But like the old Republic Jedi kind of seem like they suck. <laughs> Imagine me finding a reason to give props to uh, Last Jedi once again. But to have Luke Skywalker be like the the old Jedi Council fucking sucked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, I think Luke was that was the time Luke was most right. I don't know, man. Let the past die. Kill it if you have to. Yeah, I, I guess I'll probably try to read the Claudia Gray book, even though I don't know, this this era of the galaxy, I'm not like, oh man, I gotta have more High Republic at, at the end of this. Like all the setup they've done, I don't know, didn't do much for me. I mean, it, it sounds like they've they've somewhat resolved the whole hyperspace business by the end of this, right? They've got the flight uh, recorder. They know that the Nihil have done it. They think the Nihil had destroyed. I mean, I don't know if they. I don't remember if they actually determined to the level of which Marchion Rowe was responsible. Right. I mean, uh, I guess he could do it again. You know. Yeah, I mean, they're certainly portraying him as if he's like not just some dumb petulant upstart, but like also a secret mastermind of like an ancient grudge beyond just his dad getting killed by his gang. Uh-uh. I mean, he just seems like an up jumped little bitch boy, but, but cool. It's just hard like, to take I, him seriously as a threat to the entire galaxy. Yeah. I just like, man, I would kill for some Sif right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or he could just do the fallen Jedi thing, you know, doesn't necessarily need to be a Sith business. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. I mean, uh, I, I I was reading it, looking for any possible hints that, like, you know, one of these Jedi might fall to the dark side or something. I mean, it'd be pretty lame if, like, it's like, you know, Elzar Man dies and Avar Chris goes to the dark side because of it or anything like that. But like, like a Dark Willow thing, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. 
Or just, uh, I mean, just have Lone Greatstorm come back as uh, like Darth Tempest. Uh. <laughs> uh, it was just, I don't know. It wasn't the worst thing, but it was just, it was for kids. I, I wish I could have read this as like a 12 year old. I don't know. I would have, maybe I would have loved it. Probably not, but maybe. It gave me the same vibe as those young Jedi Knights books that I always yeah, saw the covers yeah. for. Which I never, I read those and didn't really like them. Yeah, they, they were just like so, it was hard to take them seriously in the same vein as like one of like the Xan books or the X-Wing books or something. They were, clearly the stakes were much lower. Well, and, 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 and of all those, just like seeing the covers, it always went against my gut feeling, which, you know, whatever, it's my gut feeling, it could be wrong. But like, I remember watching Phantom Menace and just thinking... Obi-Wan had been with Qui-Gon for like four months. I I, I never looked at that relationship. And, and my first take was never like, oh, they've known each other for like 15 years. Or, or how Yeah, well, I mean, was 16 in that those movie, young supposedly? Jedi Knight books, though, those are written before the prequels. So they well, no, I'm, think, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking of those, but I'm also thinking of the, the ones in which it's like little baby Obi-Wan with Qui-Gon. Oh, um, yeah, there was, uh, was like Rogue Planet or something like that. There's a couple I want to say. Mm-hmm. They're they're like for younger readers. I but. never really got into the prequel books. I just like wasn't interested in that era. I was I stuck with the uh, the post Return of the Jedi stuff. Well, what are you going to reveal in a book? I mean, there was like one like that Matthew Stover guy who everybody loves, who I can't stand as an author. He wrote Shatterpoint, which is like Mace Windu's book, mm-hmm. um, which is just like really kind of gory and violent and yeah. It's just like he goes to this planet where that's peopled all by, you know, a bunch of monsters trying to kill him and trying to chase down like a former Padawan or something. I don't know. This is like this grim, grim, dark, like brutal book. I mean, I feel like the only things you're going to to be able to delve into for realsies is like whatever Palpatine's up to, which you're not mm-hmm. going to get in a book. And like, I don't know, sifo stuff. I mean, there was there was a that book, doesn't go anywhere interesting. There's a book called Darth Plagueis, which kind of attempts to make sense of all the sifo Palpatine shenanigans. Like, it's basically trying to, like, graft on, like, no, really, it all makes sense if, you know, you fill in all these gaps here and there, like, what Palpatine's plan is and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And a lot, of, mm-hmm. a lot of people love that book. It's written by James Lucino, who's, like, he's kind of, like, the lore whore of the Star Wars world. Like, he's always mm-hmm. trying to work in, like, as many connections and characters as possible. Mm. how how much does i wonder does, does young tarkin show up in all these things oh i i read like most of the tarkin book it was deeply boring it was one of the lamest books i've ever read and that's that was where i first noticed this new weird hyperspace beacon concept where i was just like what the fuck is this like what mm. you guys hyperspace was fine why are you messing with it like it was like probably one of the better world building choices that was made when like timothy zan first started on the original books mm. <sighs> Yeah. I mean, they they got something going. I, I don't know if it's great, but they've got something going. I mean, I can't imagine it's doing all that well just because it seems so scattershot. I mean, maybe if there was also a cartoon to go along with it or, you know, potentially the Acolyte TV show is supposed to take place at like the end of the High Republic era. Mm. But And I, I want to say I read that like like Charles Soule had uh, Avar Chris show up in a holocron and his like Kylo Ren origin comic. Yay. Yeah, that's cool. Congratulations. I don't know. That doesn't sound very interesting to me. Mm. And I'm not like really like dying for like, I got to have more Avar Chris. <laughs> All the I Jedi just seem lame. Like there's no, there's no Han Solo in this book or even somebody approaching the caliber of like a Han Solo type character. 
which was deeply the problem of Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. And then the second one, they were like, "What if, or what if uh, Obi Wan's kind of the Han Solo?" Yeah, yeah. I've always felt that the Jedi need to be used sparingly. Like it's if you have a whole bunch of them together, it just doesn't seem very interesting. It just feels like they're a bunch of monks in this like stuffy religious order. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it definitely suffers from that thing where it's like it, I feel like it's definitely meant to bring on new readers. So there's a mm-hmm. lot of exposition. Yeah. Like how the Jedi and the new Re- and the Republic came to work together. Blah, blah, blah. What do you think about all the like we are all the Republic business that's happening through what, this whole what, book? What the fuck was even was that? I, it it made me not like the Republic at all. I was like, man, fuck these guys are kind of just a bunch of colonizers, right? Like they're like establishing some new station in the outer rim to bring the to bring the Republic willingly or unwillingly to the rest of the galaxy. I just kept thinking. Well, I also kept waiting for the the Chancellor to be revealed to be evil because it seems like that's what Chancellors do in, mm-hmm. in Star Wars. Like I feel like the Chancellors in Star Wars, are like the presidents in Twenty Four. Well, they um, had the there's like the one senator who I think there's like one random line about like the senator's aide is like a secret contact for the Night Hill, like a spy. And it's yeah. like, how did this stupid up jumped pirate group manage to get like a spy that close to like the center of power in the Republic? I, I guess finger thing means the money. I, I don't know. Well, it's like, I feel like we were introduced to like Republic military pretty early in the book. And then we were told later they don't have a military still, I, whatever. Yeah, um, they like a defense force or something. There's a quote here on the wiki from the author. I'm just going to read because I don't understand this. He says, I'm hopeful that when people read Light of the Jedi on January 5th, that they will find themes that will be resonant because of the time in which it's coming out and because of the time in which it was written. That's uh, like two different times. Like, what did you write this? Like, two years I mean, ago, if that? I suppose you could say something about the quarantine and the one senator arguing that, like, you know, the, the kind of the cure is worse than the disease type of yeah. uh, stuff is somewhat um, relevant. It's like I a, just a th- feel like an idea we've heard argued in the present. I, I almost feel like the, the, the political unification idea is would be potentially more resonant for what they're trying to do here in, a, in an era of Trump, but whatever. I mean, the the problem is that this is this is you know it's the High Republic. Is there you're not supposed to have any Sith. There's no Empire, obviously. So you have to kind of invent a new antagonist, and it's basically just like pirates. So, so there's no Sith at the moment, but like they have existed previous to this, right? Yeah. So in in the theoretical kind of timeline, it's like like thousands maybe it's just a thousand it goes back the republic between, is before this yeah yeah but okay. like many hundreds possibly thousands of years ago there's like the sith war you know the jedi one obviously and then mm-hmm. there's like the rule of two where the sith are operating in secret with just a master and apprentice always behind the shadows you know for thousands of years and they won't really reveal themselves until palpatine does and so until then like the jedi are believed that the sith are extinct but meanwhile, there's like a whole planet of like robed maniacs out there in some nebula. Oh, it depends. I don't know. Is that in the new canon? Or I know that was in the old canon. I, I don't know. How, what is this history of Exegol? Oh, right. God. <laughs> you know, I'd forgotten that existed. I thought you were talking about one of like the, the, the EU books where there's like Morvind or Corvin or whatnot. Um, Wow. Yeah, Exegol I, takes a big, massive dump on all that uh, lore, but sure. <sighs> I mean, the, the less said about the Rise of Skywalker, the better. 
Mm-hmm. I just, it's hilarious to me. You imagine like all these people in the story group, like working so hard to maintain their little continuity. And then JJ Abrams and Chris Terra come in and just like just take a big old dump all over everything. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, now we got to explain this stupid bullshit. And not even for, I'm trying to think of an example of something like, again, Wonder Woman lassoing the lightning makes mm-hmm. no sense, but it looks cool. And it's, and it's cool in a way that doesn't feel like it doesn't needle your brain. It doesn't feel so wrong that your brain just can't accept it. But is it as cool as a thousand Star Destroyers, each with a Death Star cannon on them? But there's like... Exploding out of the ground for some At least seven of those spectacle moments in Rise of Skywalker that just... that Your brain is just like, I can't even accept this. It's uncomfortable. Like, there's no suspension of disbelief whatsoever here. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how Exegol is supposed to figure into any of this. Um, the less said about it, the better. Mm-hmm. But even then, like you need the fucking holocron or whatever to find it, right? Like <laughs> the wayfinder. Yeah, they they couldn't just call it like a Sith holocron. It had to be a wayfinder. And then, like later, you'll need like the stupidest dagger ever to find where that thing's <laughs> hidden. OG or OT or whatever that guy's name was. Oh, I wish his name was OG. <laughs> parents sold you to protect you no anyway Um, ip yeah well i mean to me it's it's so fascinating to look at just like the never-ending clusterfuck that seemingly the star wars ip is compared to like marvel where like they're just cranking away did you watch a falcon the winter soldier i did what do you think it was fine I, I I was so glad that one division came out mm-hmm. first. <laughs> yeah. I I wasn't expecting to really care at all about um Bucky, but I found his stuff interesting. Did you? I, I guess so, yeah. Like the kind mm-hmm. of the drama there. I was mostly just like, man, how how can he like fix this both for himself and this old dude, but like still keep dating that totally hot chick who works at the bar. Oh, that's over. He literally just he could, got he could up repair that. I think he could, he fix got it. up mid sentence and walked out on her. I, I think given how handsome he is, he's got a chance still. Oh my God. The, um, the, the, because I mean, he's in a fucking like superhero born supremacy, mm-hmm. you know, plot line, but like the fucking like intense close ups in the Bucky storyline, <laughs> like, like especially the, the therapy. The therapy scene. Yeah. I'm not sure what was going on there, but sure. I was just like, I will fucking kill myself if you do another one of these kind of close-ups. Oh, here's seven more of them. God damn I mean, it. You're definitely waiting for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier to share a scene together. But I thought it was fine. I mean, it's it's even when Marvel's not great, it's still perfectly fine. Why doesn't Anthony Mackie get like romantic comedies? He seems like such a likable guy. And I feel like tracking the post-blip world is a mm-hmm. really it's an idea that's interesting, but also I never expected them to go as much into it in Marvel. At the same time, I was like, I don't want to watch this guy applying for a loan. I get what you're doing here. It's just, I mean, I think they, fun. <laughs> they want to explore the idea of financial hardship, even though it doesn't totally make sense, but you just kind of have to go with it. You're like, okay, well, they, they want to tell a story about this. I'm like, sure. Falcon could probably just like call up pepper pots and get whatever money he needs. But you know, that, that wouldn't make an interesting story, I guess. I, I was just like, when he's just like, oh, no, we just kind of did it on our free time. I was like, bullshit. Yeah. You also, were getting paid like, by Tony Stark. The military must be paying you for these like one man impossible yeah. missions you're doing for them. 
otherwise, how did you afford the gas to get down to see <laughs> your sister, my dude? But, also, the, the biggest frustration I had was they boxed up. I don't know where the food was going. They boxed up this delicious-looking warm food. Mm-hmm. They put it in the, the to-go containers. It's just sitting in the back of the truck on the street where they're doing the bank loan thing, and then they're delivering the food to wherever. I'm like, that food's cold and I gross I was confused about what the food was for. I was like, I don't know who are the you taking for? this to the loan officer to be like, we we got you food? Yeah. I don't know. But I mean, I, that's they, they want to tell a story about financial hardship. So that's fine, even though it, you're just wondering, like, is it just going to get hand waved away at the end? Because like everyone's like, man, Falcon sure kicked a lot of ass. Let's approve his loan application. I don't understand why the Air Force would be going after terrorists in another country. Like not not just not the aerial nonsense with with Petroc the Leaper and all that stuff, mm-hmm. which that was ludicrous. Um that they're fucking like are those are those speed suits? Those are um wingsuits. Wingsuits? Wingsuits, yeah. That's how the one guy died, right? My cousin, yes. <laughs> um but like the dude like following the flag smashers, I was like, why would an Air Force officer be doing this? Like why <laughs> he's, wouldn't it literally he's any putting other somebody under arrest? Like what country are you in? <laughs> Yeah, who the fuck do you think you are? You can't be this naive. Mm-hmm. You can't be this naive and have a gun issued to you, my friend. I guess that guy is—he's like another Falcon from the comics, Joaquin Torres. Uh, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe. He's, apparently, he's, he's a Marvel character, but I don't know. It's just in general, the the difference between how Marvel is hand, handling their stuff and how Star Wars is, I really feel like a lot of it comes down to the timeline continuity of it. Like Star Wars cannot seem to escape the kind of original. In a trilogy era timeline or, or something around it and so none of their stories have like this forward momentum to them you mm-hmm. know because it's like we're just we're, we're, let's go back and see what uh what's his face um cassian andor is doing and let's you know jump over here and see what these like bad batch clones are doing and then we'll you know what's ahsoka doing in this time period even though there's been stuff that happened after it like it's all just kind of muddled together whereas like with the marvel stuff the story you're seeing is always like the next chapter it's it's Mm. ongoing you know it's it's not just kind of like this like scattershot all over the place timeline well i i presume that the ultimate point of the black widow movie will be to set up yelena Mm -hmm. yeah um so it's like it's it's kind of like even even when when they do a a back in time thing it then pulls the story forward yeah like captain marvel yeah 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. or or Um, the original captain america Mm mm-hmm yeah, yeah. I, I, I just think there'd be so much more interesting timelines to do spy shit in the Star Wars, like moving forward. Well, you think about like, like I didn't even know Don Cheadle was going to be in Falcon the Winter Soldier. And watching it, like it, it wasn't until like five minutes after that scene that it kind of clicked with me. Like, oh, wow, that was actually impressive that they got Don Cheadle in this just for like this one scene. You know, yeah. but like that's Marvel has that power seemingly like they can just go get anyone they need for the the continuity there it's did you ever see shazam no so it, it the end of shazam it's a dc movie um like the kid's been bullied you know at high school or whatever and like you think at one point he claims to know superman and the people make fun of him and so like at the end superman shows up to be like no i do know him but it's but, not cavill but it's not cavill you just see like the back of the guy's head because like that like a lot of other kind of franchises and and you know movies and tv shows in the past like they just couldn't get the person and so they had to do stuff like that like to just make do whereas like marvel they're like oh yeah we can just have roadie show up in a falcon and winter soldier thing like it's nothing and you're just like oh yeah it's 
it's it's James Rhodes. I I like that guy, and maybe I'll see him again. You know, like it, nothing feels like it's a special appearance by or anything like that. I, I thought I had read that the it was down to whether or not DC was going to continue on of Cavill, mm-hmm. and when they and then they, you were going to find out if they got him to cameo, and it's like when he did cameo, it's like okay, expect an announcement about a reboot of Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, which is interesting because when they had the reboot of Superman news. Like the way people have written about it, like some people are like, oh, it's a, it's a reboot. Some people are like, it's a new Superman movie. We don't really know what the situation is. It's written by this guy. I mean, DC doesn't then, know what the fuck they're doing. And then, and then it's depending on, and I, I've read from some people, it's like, it's definitely like we're going to get a, a person of color to play a Superman. And then I've read other stuff where it's like, it's just a new Superman movie. We don't know anything beyond that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, are you making an assumption about the casting based on the writer? Because that feels not cool. Yeah. I mean, if that's the writer's intention, great. But yeah, I mean, like, yeah. But also, I think the fact that Don Cheadle's coming back for the Armor Wars TV show helps mm-hmm. helps this. But like at this point, man, I was reading something like just referencing, like, oh, as we know, like they're doing this TV show and this TV show. I was just like, shit, you could make up a couple different like Marvel properties and tell me that they've already announced them as, a, as an upcoming mm-hmm. TV show. And I believe, you. like, if you were like, oh, the Power Pack TV show <laughs> is coming up, I'd be like, fuck, awesome. Well, think about the like just having like Rhodey randomly appear for a nice little scene with Falcon there versus, mm-hmm. you know, the Luke Skywalker thing and uh, Mandalorian where it's it's just this like masturbatory fan service moment. Yeah, but at yeah. the same time, they can't. It's not a real character moment because it's like this weird, goofy CG situation. Mm-hmm. Whereas like if they'd actually just cast in a young Luke Skywalker, they could have like actually had like dialogue that approaches you know drama in any way like he could have been a character and not just like an avatar for fanboys or and and potentially things you could have done with 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 this entity you Mm -hmm. know like like i get the value of trying to do something new with star trek and getting like a chris pine etc etc but yeah ah well it, it really makes me wonder like how is it that like marvel can have this like hit tv show based on like two b squad avengers who nobody really cared about you know who like it barely featured the movies and like this is what everyone's talking about and yet like you like star wars lucasfilm you couldn't go make a show about like finn and rose like you couldn't you know like mm-hmm. it, it, it surely there's an amount of money you could throw at john boyega and like get him to come back to like you know have some sort of show or hell you could even just do like oh we're just gonna do a show about Jana. And it can be whatever because they barely even establish her as a character. So you can do whatever you want with her or you can have a show with like conics in it. Like they, mm-hmm. they have all these characters and, you know, minor characters they could bring in from the, uh, the sequel trilogy, but they're just not interested in that. Instead, they're like, let's, let's have some more Cassie and Andor. Just as long as that door doesn't open so wide that there's a TV show appearance by what's his name? Balthazar Hobbit. Oh, Oh, that fucking guy. I can't remember what his name is. Yeah. Fuck Charlie. That guy. Charlie yeah. from Lost. Yeah, no, he died on the way back to his home planet. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, I, I, my only frustration with the first episode of Falcon and Soldier is I know it's a six-episode show, and it looks like it's like leaning more towards an hour. I kind of wish they'd done a thing where they'd like release like two at once because like the show is so like the trailers are so based around like the snarky buddy cop mm-hmm. dynamic yeah, yeah. of these two guys. They don't share a single fucking scene. And it's dour as fuck. It did after the first to, ten minutes. It seemed to end like just kind of like mentally. I'd seen the running time, and it felt like it ended early. You know, like it, it ends with the yeah. reveal of the new Captain America, and I'm like, wait, that's it? That's all episode? And I was just very curious. Like, are they going to call him Captain America? Or are they can call him U.S. Agent. Yeah. Anyway. 
It seems like uh, what's his name has two different looks in the show. Like there's a like a version of him, White Russell, where he's got like longer hair and he's a little bit scruffy, and he's like in a in the military uniform with like a, a mm-hmm. an arm and a sling, and then like he's very clean shaven with a weird looking jaw as Captain America. So but yeah, it just seems like the problem that Lucasfilm has is that all their kind of like known IP characters are all in the past, and so they can never really move the story forward. It's like, well, here's an Obi Wan show. Which will be fine, I guess, but I don't know. It's not. It's not really going anywhere. That character story's yeah. already been told. It's just going to be nice to see you again, I guess. Well, it's like you're you. The the prequel box slash tomb that you're mm-hmm. building around it is just. How does he do anything interesting with like without interacting with Luke? You know what I mean, or whatever. It's, a, it's like, either going to be annoying because it will feel too convenient or like cheesy the way he's not, you know, in, interacting with like future plotline stuff or it'll just be dull. Yeah. And this is a character who already I feel like is saved. No, no ill will born towards you McGregor in the prequels, but by how fucking mischievous and sly the smiles of Alec mm-hmm. Guinness is yeah. in episode four that you could not have planned for him to be like, well, I'm a bit of a liar. So, <laughs> uh, or whatever the hell they're doing with Hayden Christensen. I hope that's flashbacks. I really do. I mean, I just feel like they could announce tomorrow that they're doing like bringing Jessica Hanwick back and being like, it's a new Rogue Squadron show, like post sequel trilogy. That would be so much more interesting to me than like the Ahsoka show or the Rangers also, of the New Republic, you know. Reminding you that Jessica Henwick was in Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> she was on sabbatical during all the, yeah. the shit that happened in Rise Skywalker. Oh, though now after listening to the the one podcast about it, I need the horse guy to come in. Well, and especially I guess it seems like the, the strength of Marvel is its characters, right? Like yeah. they have this massive roster of characters with interesting backstories that they and can kind they're of, casting and they're casting. They can kind of shuffle around where it's like, it feels like star Wars isn't really the same type of property where the strength is more just the, the, the world itself or the galaxy itself. Right. Mm-hmm. Am I, do you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. Like just the, the general vibe of the way the spaceships work and everything's kind of run down and old, but kind of cool and, and sci-fi. And then like, the Jedi are cool with their lightsabers and everything. Like it's kind of like all the accoutrements of the world mm-hmm. as opposed mm-hmm. to like, man, I got to have more of this particular character. I mean, I know some people are into certain characters, but I feel like you could, you could just do whatever you want with like a Lieutenant Connick's, you know, Billy Lord is a fun actor. You could just put her in something and create a character from whole cloth. Pretty much people to enjoy it. I mean, I, I don't want to like shit on the, uh, the prequels too much because mm-hmm. that's been done, but there's a lesson as far as what you could do going forward that I think could be learned. So my like Doctor Who history lesson is that show was on for 40 years. It got canceled. They brought it back for revival. And how do you, how do you bridge the gap from like the, you know, when it was last on 15 years earlier to now? Well, there was a time war. And this guy who has a whole race of people who sucked, they're all dead. He's the last one. And every time they reference that time war, they would just throw out all this cool shit that happened in it. And they've gone back a few times to it, but they've never like, like, oh, the nightmare child. Let's 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 show you what that was. It's like it's so much better just being like, you know, Parliament of Shadows and the Court of Nightmares and whatever. Well, like, it's the, the suggestion of the Clone Wars as opposed yeah. to actually seeing the Clone Wars. And just yeah. do that again. Do that mm-hmm. again. Like 
you know, like, oh, Kylo Ren, fresh from the atrocity of whatever. And it's like, I don't need to see what that was. It like, sounds pretty bad. We didn't need to meet King Prana. Yeah, yeah. Or you pick one or two of those, and that's what a book is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just... I, I just wish the story would go forward to Star Wars instead of endlessly circling back to the past. It's 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 honestly like what I feel like, unless you're specifically saying time travel from the beginning, that should be the direction of sci-fi is going forward because we're already, you know, sci-fi is not about prediction. It's about extrapolation. And it's like moving us forward because the 60s Star Trek show doesn't hit the same way that like next generation hit it doesn't hit the way like a a modern star trek show which would hit like same thing for star wars as far as the i granted i know it's about like old joseph campbell mythological concepts but still when you're delivering that in a modern context like you gotta push it forward i would just be so into i mean there's all sorts of different genres you could explore with the tv show you know like it could just be about some of the people running like the new government on Coruscant, or it could be about a military division. It could be about Finn training to be a Jedi. And like, you don't even, you know, Marvel's good at kind of saying, well, somebody else is, you know, one of our other characters is busy doing something else. So you could get away with not having Ray around here and there or or Mm Poe or whatnot. Like, I I feel like it's, it's imminently doable. Like if Marvel can keep getting all these actors back, like clearly they built good rapports with them. Like to me, that's just a, a failing of Lucasfilm that like, they seemingly have no stable that they can go to to be like, Hey, John Boyega, come do like an eight episode show with us. Mm. And which we're going to, we're going to back up a truck of money. Yeah. And Uh, it'll be worth it because everyone's going to watch this show and they're going to keep subscribing to Disney plus because of it. Yeah. And, and give you some, some say on Mm -hmm. behind the scenes. What do you want to happen in your show? You know, like let's do this. Let's make a show for you. Well, I just, I just mean also that just behind the scenes personnel. Mm Mm-hmm. So that the same people who normally make TV behind the scenes aren't making, because that's that's a big deal. I, I, I don't know, mm-hmm. especially if you're you're catering to the worst elements, mm-hmm. which I am still fucking shocked that they had the whatever to like let Cara Dune go. Good for you, Disney. Finally, I'm not that shocked just because she is kind of a terrible actress and her character sucked anyway. But yeah, <sighs> it would have been different if it was. Um... I don't know, like Ewan McGregor or something, you know, like that would have been a harder one, I, I feel like. Yeah, well, Ewan McGregor keeps his shit a little more more tightly yeah. wrapped, thank God. Mm-hmm. Imagine if the first fucking thing you do when you get fired from your only role that's given you like a substantial <laughs> thing is you pop in the bed of Ben fucking Shapiro. Uh, <sighs> we'll, we'll, we'll wait with bated breath for the movie they're going to make together. What the fuck would that even be? Like Haywire 2? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm looking at these these live action shows. Mandalorian, obviously. Book of Boba Fett. Meh. And or who could care? Obi-Wan. The Acolyte is the most interesting, I feel like. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ahsoka, couldn't care less. Lando could be fun, although I'm still like waiting for some sort of confirmation never, that Donald Glover is going to be in yeah, that. Yeah, I was saying, we never really got word about I mean, I guess which it, Lando. It wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if they had to recast, but it would be a bummer. Yeah. Uh, and then Rangers well, of the New Republic, which is like, why isn't that show post-sequel trilogy? Like, why, why must we stay in that era? Yeah. Just 
just affected too. I mean, like I feel like the weakest part of Force Awakens is they're like there is indeed a new republic, and we killed them. Yeah, we just killed the whole planet. And, uh... Uh, and then we had a character kind of be like, "Yeah, whatever. It's bigger than the Death Star." Mm-hmm. Anywho, you know what we're doing here, right, folks? I mean, I almost feel like that. Like I know that was scripted, and that was a choice by J.J. Abrams, but I almost feel like that could have been just Harrison Ford, just <laughs> unscripted. Well, one of the things that the Marvel shows and movies have done is like take, go back into their massive catalog and pull stuff out, but kind of, you know, incorporate it into like the current, you know, universe that they've created. So they don't, they're not like completely beholden to what's come before, you know, whereas like Star Wars could do that. Like, you know, all like the new Jedi Order stuff, like the Yuz and Vong, they could do some sort of plot line with that if they wanted to. So far, they seemingly haven't really been interested in doing anything like that. The only thing that I'm I'm worried about with Marvel, and I'm glad they waited long enough to respond, that they made it clear they were going to respond, is whatever they're going to do with Mandarin. Oh, uh, well, that's the the Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Yeah, right? and I presume with with the character that they're they're doing that with, and, mm-hmm. and 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 what's going on there, I presume that they've made a culturally sensitive couple of choices there. Yeah, but but I was like. I'm glad that, like, you know, like, in the fallout of Iron Man 3, when they clearly said, okay, don't worry, don't worry, this whole Ben Kingsley thing, don't worry, we're going we're gonna to do something of Mandarin, you, we heard you. I was like, oh, boy, don't respond to those folks. I was like, okay, well, hopefully they waited long enough to make the right choice. Yeah. Not that we really need the Mandarin, but okay. But, it, I don't know, it just seems like they're so much more confident over there in the Marvel side of things and what Lucasfilm is doing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean... I haven't really heard things otherwise, so I, I, I presume that Kevin Feige deserves some some respect for it all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's definitely the you know the maestro who's orchestrating all that. I mean, I think Kathleen Kennedy does a great job, but I, I think I like that she takes some chances. I think that some of the people she's taken chances on have probably let her down. Yeah, to say the least. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like, it, just, it just doesn't uh, seem like they're thinking about things in the same way which you don't necessarily have to but it seems like star wars wants to be that sort of destination like marvel is you know with like this just this ip that's ever expanding but they're still like they're, they approach it in a really weird way to me whereas like mm-hmm. it's very clear what marvel's doing and everyone kind of can follow along well the problem is it's like you said marvel has ten thousand characters and mm-hmm. and 80 years of history star wars has like 12 characters yeah. you know mm-hmm. and it's like uh, i mean fuck it man i would love if they would have just like boom four episode chewbacca show guess what no subtitles i'd be like well, i mean I'm, in, I'm into it it whenever they eventually bring the x-men into the the mcu it wouldn't shock me at all if the magneto they create is not the magneto from the you know original comics who was like a holocaust survivor like they could completely how could you they could change that to something else, and I'm sure they would do it well because it's like they have this kind of like idea of a character that they can massage to you know fit yeah. you know current culture and, and you know and adapt to stuff. Yeah, I mean, you're just not going to be like, "What's up? I'm 90 years yeah. old. And I'm hot." Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I guess I guess that that debate will start up again whenever whatever episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier goes to Madripoor. <laughs> Uh, all the people are so confident that like mutants are now in the MCU because Evan Peter showed up. I 
Yeah, well, that's the other thing too. Evan Peters is like the new the new Mandarin, right? Like, as far as like, how dare you? We want the real character. Blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, were there a you lot of the people who really wanted the Mandarin? Oh yeah, that was a that was a small but vocal contingent yeah, of the internet after that. Iron Man three. I was oh, which fine I thought, with Iron Man three doing what I, they did with that character. I thought it was honestly genius. It was probably mm-hmm. the last great thing Shane Black has done. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's that was the beauty of of Marvel for a long time was just being like, we can also use these decades of history that you know against you just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they just seem uh, much better at making decisions in general over there than what Star Wars yeah. is doing. It's like, what they in, do. to me personally, like if I had my way, I don't, I wouldn't really want like a dozen TV shows for all this mm-hmm. stuff. I'd rather Marvel or Lucasfilm just like waited a few years and like started on episode, episode 10 and just like did that. But like, if you're going to do this, I feel like, you know, like really expand and make a shitload of TV shows. I feel like they could be doing a better job of it. During the lead up to Rise of Skywalker, I was like, I hope it's great because you're never going to get Daisy Ridley back. Mm-hmm. Now I feel like, oh, she'd come back. Partially because I feel like that movie's hurt her and the fucking um, Doug Lyman movie is probably god awful. And like the rest of Hollywood's not doing enough of Daisy Ridley. I feel like she'd almost have to go back to Star Wars. She's at some probably going to be. Offer. She's in some other stuff. But yeah, I mean, I, I think if uh, the people at Lucasfilm like manage those relationships properly, she can. I mean, I remember that I was always thinking about that with the Harry Potter movies when we were doing those for headcanon. Like, it really doesn't seem like they treated their young cast very well. No. Like, like if, you know, multiple of your stars, like, want to quit after four movies, then, like, clearly you fucked up. You yeah. know, like, and it, it seems like Marvel has built pretty good relationships with all their actors. They kind of, they work with them it's like you can just sit down there to atlanta and like film on a green screen if you need to you know depending on mm-hmm. your schedule like i don't know they're, it seems like they're taking care of people there especially since they got rid of uh, the ike perlmutter guy from the, yeah. the whole equation well i mean i feel like he was probably much more pro that i mean his big thing was was how much he hated the fox side of it and hence well and just how how racist he was yeah 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 and, and like his, it was definitely like a trump supporter but like like that's what led to the whole like they broke up the Fantastic Four in the comics. Like they just like kind well, of like would, sh- shuttered the mutants. A he would bit. do stuff where it's like no fucking bottled water at like the you know the studio or like he would just like penny pinching shit like that. Or like like you know no holiday party for your actors. Like just you know you're making oh, me a you're break. making shitloads of money. Like throw it around a little. You know keep these people happy. If you if you've got Robert Downey Jr. anywhere near any of it, you can mm-hmm. afford all the other shit. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, he's in what, like 15 minutes of, uh, homecoming and that's a $50 million appearance. <laughs> I suppose it was worth it. Yeah. But I mean, I think that's the other thing too. I hope Anthony Mackie's, you know, probably not getting Robert Downey Jr. money, but like, I hope he's getting paid a shit ton to show up. Yeah. Yeah. I hope they're all well compensated because they should be. And it's, it's just a big gravy train, you know, it's like, Whereas, there shouldn't be any resistance to spreading it around. I say that, and then I I jump to my slightly naive, possibly controversial point on the other side of it, where in an era where I can't go five minutes on the internet without seeing something that's just like, here's how much money Jeff Bezos has made in the last Mm. 20 minutes, Mm -hmm. or, you know, here's how many people are in poverty, or the social programs that are failing in a pandemic, and, and like where the money resides with Bezos and Elon Musk. 
it just feels massively irresponsible to give Zack Snyder $70 million for anything. <sighs> the Snyder cut. So I watched like 50 minutes of it when I was on the exercise the other day. Mm. It's, um, what was the name of that movie? Was it Wonder Boys? About the, uh, like Michael Douglas as a writer. Oh yeah, Wonder Boys. I just remember the line where the, he has his assistant, or I think it's Katie Holmes, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, maybe not assistant, but she's the student who's the in student, love with him and yeah. lives in the house. But yeah. he has her like read his like eighteen hundred page manuscript or whatever, and she he says, made no choices. Yeah, it, it's it's a manuscript where you've made no decisions. Uh, that is Zack Snyder's Justice League. Like, why is Aquaman introduced three different times? Um, is he? Yeah, it's like in in the whole hour I watched, like nothing happened. Like other than like uh, Stephen Wolf showing up to like take the Amazonian's mother box. It was just this endless slow motion blah. It's like. I don't know how anyone could even call that a movie. It's just like a series of scenes with cut together with no coherence. Is Bruce Bolton in the movie? Yeah, yeah, he's. Um, I could have sworn that I had read that 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 was that his stuff in the Joss Whedon version was all reshot for the Joss Whedon version. So we're we're probably going to cover this on Head Cannon. So you know you may hear this conversation twice. But as I understand it, um, what's his face? Snyder shot like five hours worth of material. And a lot of the stuff he shot, he shot like multiple different takes of. So he'd have like kind of like a, a more humorous take and then like the more dour take or whatever. And so, so he doesn't know what movie he's making. Yeah. And so Whedon was tasked with cutting it down to two hours and like making it fun. And so he only shot about a half hour of material, but mm. it's in like almost every scene. It's like just all these little inserts and stuff to stitch together the edit that they needed, you know, to take the existing footage and and make it all make sense with like a shorter, you know, plot line where a lot of stuff in, is cut in, out. Including Flash falling on top of Wonder Woman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah okay. but, so it's his, he has work in nearly every scene. And so like, you know, the story is basically the same. It's just longer. Okay. Yeah. That sounds dreadful. Yeah. No, it is pretty dreadful. All these people convincing themselves that it's better. I mean, I guess it's, you'd say it's like more tonally consistent, but it's uh, it's not even a movie. And and I can slide down my pants and take a red hot dump on Zack Snyder. That doesn't mean I'm necessarily slide, siding with Joss Whedon. I mean, J- Joss Whedon. I'm can, sure Joss Whedon can be a bad person. That doesn't make Zack Snyder's movie a good movie. You know, those yeah, are two different yeah. things. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure I had praise for Joss Whedon back when we covered justice league but i mean i i feel like you can sorry you could acknowledge his um skill as a writer without praising him as like a good human being you know yeah yeah i mean a lot of the cuts the, honestly they seem obvious i don't think you need joss whedon's level of uh, storytelling insight and like you know script doctoring to be like yeah no no shit you should have cut that scene out i mean i presume that he was honestly more just was brought in for the name I mean, I don't know. We'll we'll save this conversation for when we eventually talk on headcanon. But yeah, there's there's various rumors about like why he was there and whether or not that was the original intent or not. Mm, mm. Anyway, Star Wars. Um, you know, it I is just wish it is. I was excited about Star Wars. That's all I want. Yeah, I mean, uh, these new shows that are coming out, which I think most of these aren't even coming out to like next year, maybe. Um, well, I think the only the next one ones would still be Mando and, and Boba Fett, right? Well, it's, yeah, Boba Fett and. I, I think they've said that they're making a Mandalorian season three, but it's going to be later. So mm. both of that's December. I mean, I know like, I, I want to say I, I probably griped about the frustration of like, uh, 
uh, Disney Plus debuting and us mm-hmm. not having one of these Marvel shows. But it just seems like such a victory lap to have your, your critically acclaimed Scarlet Witch show followed by your Falcon Winter Soldier show, which I'm sure will be fine. Um, and then uh, following up with like Loki, like all like they're like, like a week apart when one ends. Yeah, it's starts. like it took them a little while to get the machine cranking. But that well-oiled Marvel machine is like working full blast now. And so we're just going to keep getting all these Marvel shows. Uh, and they're already doing the Hawkeye show. They're doing the Miss Marvel show. I presume we're going to start hearing about Armor Wars and, and, and Secret Wars. I think those are the other two that I remember. I'm what sure it, there? I'm sure it had to burn the Raylos a bit just to see a whole show focused on like the Wanda's grief and, and kind of like dealing with that when the rise of Skywalker just like just cuts to the next scene. It's like it never happened. You know? So I, I have, I have, I have, I try to like in my Twitter follows, mm-hmm. keep myself somewhat abreast of these things. The level of weird thirst for Gucci has blown <laughs> my fucking mind. Um, that, I mean, people were covering I mean, like it's a sexy romantic comedy. That sexy romantic comedy ends with a bullet to the face. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I want good things for the, the Raylos, but the, the Ratlos, I feel like they're getting a little overfed at this point. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, all, all those nice suits and riding around in, like, in, in boats and uh, mopeds and wearing fancy clothes and kissing. Yeah, they're getting it okay, all. So what if Miss Marvel, Hawkeye, Moon Knight, She-Hulk, which I forgot, the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, Secret Invasion, Ironheart, Armor Wars, and the Untitled Wakanda series. Mm-hmm. This is like, I mean, I couldn't, if you would, if I knew none of this, I don't know if I could, I feel like I could have written down half of these as like, this is directions I would have gone in if you're smart, you know, even though they don't personally interest me. These make a lot of sense. These are good areas to mine of your IP in a TV venue and a, and a platform like disney plus you just don't have these of star wars i mean that's why i feel like um i feel like leslie headland has to kind of come in and be like where can i tell an interesting story and kind of massage it into star wars but even then it's ultimately a prequel so you yeah can, you can only build on it so much yeah i don't know and, and the fact that they're like like kind of doing not our tours per se, but like, you know, they have like specifically like head writers. They have, you know, the, the same guy directed, they had the, the head writer for one division. They had the same guy direct every episode. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of smart. Yeah. Um, but also the TV is a writer's game, right? Or a producer's game still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Fucking Zack Snyder. It's just weird. Is that like Lucasfilm is seemingly cranking on their shows, but most of them won't be out till next year at the earliest yeah and then like but are they filming anything now i i'm not sure i i think they're filming andor right now in the book of both oh that's right um because we saw the the set visit to andor yeah their announcement obi-wan is still obi-wan will be filming soon i think um but like the acolyte and that's not filming yet um you know like the ahsoka show that's going to come out in like a year and a half and yay Unrelated, how did you refer to the man in the suit from Person of Interest? Jim Caviezel? Yeah, you kept referring him the same way every, you brought, every time you brought him up. Did I? Yeah. I, I don't the way recall. he talked. Oh, his cat-like voice. His kitten voice. Kitten he kept voice, saying, yeah. 
like I feel like uh, um, Itu Mama Tambien guy. Like he's got such a soft voice. Diego Luna. I, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I'm okay. not like dissing the guy. It's just it's interesting just to see like a, a spy show with like a male lead, and he's just like, "What's up?" <laughs> like just very soft. Whatever. But yeah, I don't know. Like when Rangers of the New Republic comes out in two years, will people <laughs> care. Maybe. Uh, which so definitely Ahsoka. Do they also jettison Filoni over to Rangers? Will he pull in somebody from like Rebels to be like the the new Cara Dune? Seemingly, Favreau and Filoni are both in charge of uh, that era. Yeah, that that Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, Ahsoka, and Rangers of the New Republic. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and I'm I'm sure he'll backdoor in some of his characters from like Rebels or Clone Wars into that. Mm. Like I think there was some rumor that like they're gonna replace Cara Dune with like Sabine or Hera or, or some other character. Good. Yeah. I mean, I always think it's weird when uh when the writer is just like, I only work with my own characters, which I, I I also get that. I mean, of course you would, but like anyone's better than what's her name, right? Couldn't be worse, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we really won't even have anything Star Wars to talk about, I guess, until the Book of Boba Fett comes out, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah. I mean, I guess I know that the um, Patty Jenkins has got a Rogue Leader movie. Is that what it's called? Is it Rogue Leader or Rogue Squadron? Or I think it's Rogue Squadron. It Rogue Squadron, okay. Um, but that's not till like 2023, I'd have to guess, at the earliest. I, mean, I think she's working on it now. So doesn't she have like three movies? Because she's she's going to do Wonder Woman three eventually. She's got the stars one and then like Cleopatra maybe, something like that. I don't know that she's actually going to like direct the, uh, or if they're even going to still do the Themyscira movie. That feels uh, like a like a HBO Max TV show. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's what it says on on Wikipedia for her is twenty twenty three Rogue Squadron TBA Cleopatra. Okay. Well, I mean, in theory, she would need to start filming Rogue Squadron soon to come out in like late 2023. Yeah, by the you'd think before the end of the year they'd at least be filming on it. Mm. Did I did a whoever the young woman who like was all over Twitter about how she got to like Zoom with uh, Ryan Johnson? Mm-hmm. What was the deal behind that? But anyway, in, in that she said that he had told her that like his trilogy is still happening, right? Yeah. Also, whatever his modern day Columbo show is, fuck yes, fuck yes, please. Oh, you mean the uh, the show with Natasha Lyonne? Poker yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Fuck yes, please. I, I, I don't even care what it's about. Because <laughs> uh, I, I kept following him on Twitter, and all the times during the pandemic where he's just like binging Columbo, it felt like that way when you like the person goes to Twitter and it's like clear they're doing research, but it didn't feel like, I don't know. It didn't feel like knives out to me Mm because that's not quite what, uh, I think you could interpret it as it though. Potentially. Potentially. Um, yeah, I mean, hopefully potentially. Yes. Because, because it's because Columbo's never a whodunit much like we thought we knew what was going on and knives out anyway. Wonder yeah, so that was a peacock show. That's right. 
I guess it's a real I guess it's a real thing. I mean, if, if I, mean, like, I were Disney, I'd be like, can I get Ryan Johnson to direct an episode of on any of these shows just to keep him around? Mm-hmm. You know, like why why didn't he direct an episode of The Mandalorian? Seriously. I mean, I saw something on Twitter from the people who say these kind of things. It's like, oh shit, it's been 15 years or whatever since blah 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 episode of Breaking Bad that mm-hmm. Ryan Johnson like, you know, crafted one of the greatest episodes of TV, which he's clearly acclaimed for his television directing yeah i would i would much rather be in the business of ryan johnson than jj abrams let's put it that way oh hell yeah Yeah, i mean i wouldn't have said that uh, up until three or four months Mm -hmm. before rise of skywalker yeah i mean i'm sure god i'm sure i would hate to hear some of our words from this podcast before these movies started coming out where we were just like praising jj abrams ad nauseum I mean, I don't know. The warning signs were all there too. It sucks. You know, what can I say? We're hopeful people generally. But I, I was actually I watched I rewatched The Force Awakens not that long ago, a few months ago. And like you can really see like the the way it worked in The Force Awakens and how it mm-hmm. the same kind of like chaos would not work in another movie, you know? Or it's like mm-hmm. I feel like they, they really got lucky with a lot of choices they made and like kind of the the general vibe of that movie won over kind of some of the the kind of lackluster plotting and whatnot like you just don't really think about it that much but it's mm-hmm. it's one of those things where if your movie doesn't work and people start paying attention to it that's a bad sign i mean abram's thing is he's he's kind of this adhd director where like he's just all about kinetic movement mm-hmm. but he he does it in a way that makes sense that looks good it feels right for the most part up until you get to like rise of skywalker well even i would argue Star Trek, Star Trek in the Dark and the, Dark and the, yeah. the warning signs are absolutely there. Yeah. But also Star Trek in Darkness is like a clear sign of like his love for a very Star Warsian love for sound design and cool sounds. Like the absolutely stupid big black enterprise, evil enterprise that like hunts down the enterprise in Star Trek in the Darkness. The way it makes like a menacing <laughs> pod racer-esque sound as it gets close to them and warp. Anyway. Uh, but like you know, you figure like uh, like uh, a Michael Bay or a Tony Scott, which Tony Scott I have goodwill for just for how he ended, but also I feel like if he if he wasn't directing his movies, they would have been good movies. But like they're so just like kinetically jarring, like like they feel like they had too much caffeine. Yeah, yeah. And then they directed a movie. Um, man, JJ Abrams, and like whatever he's doing at HBO Max, it all sounds. And they announced some show recently. Bad. I can't remember what it was though. Yeah, it didn't sound horrible, but mm-hmm. a lot of what he's doing sounds bad. I mean, he's he's always been a better producer than a director, so maybe that have better luck in that regard. I mean, yes and no, but at the same time, it's like I didn't love Person of Interest. I like the concept a lot. I did. I loved that show. Um, I think there's a there's a much slicker, more interesting, more complicated version of that show that could have existed. But I feel like he just gets his name on things, and it's like. Is that the kiss of death or not? I, 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 don't I think know. he's very talented at getting other people who are talented to come together and make stuff. Um, Sometimes, but yeah, I, I, I mean, I think we had the discussion before. I think he's a better producer than he is a writer. He's a better writer than he is, or no, better producer than he is a director. Better director than he is a writer. Let's put yeah. it that way. Well, yeah, because because on TV, he's he's got to use his words. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he clearly is all about movement. I mean, that's the that's the thing about even like the pilot of Lost. That camera is moving. He can't stay still, even with like. And and that's great because you know we talk about the Wonder and Spielberg. Like 
Like it's, you got a scene of a bunch of actors just like talking on a barge and Spielberg's like, what can I do interesting with the camera? But I mean, like Abrams will never go back and do like a Felicity. Yeah. Yeah. yeah probably not at this point. <sighs> this is just every one of these podcasts is going to end in this like therapy <laughs> bitch session about JJ Abrams. He hurt me. He hurt me bad. He can only hurt us because we trusted him, because we liked him. I'm going to point to Mm -hmm. the spot on the franchise where he touched me in the bad place. I don't know. What sucks is that it feels like Lucasfilm is just ignoring that the sequel trilogy even happened right now. I mean, not entirely, Mm -hmm. but like it would be really nice to uh, for them to look forward a little bit instead of just crawling back to their safe space of like the original trilogy and that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking about my bitching about J.J. Abrams. All I want to do is just grab Brian Johnson, give him a hug, and just apply my tears to his cardigan shoulder. <laughs> All right. Well, do we have anything else to talk about? No, I feel like we've yelled into microphones about Star Wars enough. Let me hit you with one final thought. Absolutely. All this stuff that was uh, suggested in WandaVision didn't exactly happen, but these ideas of the multiverse... That seemingly mm-hmm. are going to come more to the fore in like the Spider-Man movie and like the well, Doctor Strange also movie. Su- also suggested in Spider-Man, but mm-hmm. like again thrown away as a joke. Yeah. So, but but seemingly like according to like casting rumors and whatnot, like the other two Spider-Men are going to be in the new Spider-Man movie. I guess we'll see. Yeah. So, I feel like we're we're headed towards this like IP singularity where like everything is canon mm-hmm. and like. There, there will like the idea of a multiverse is just going to become like the norm where it's like at any moment, any of the Batman can show up in a DC movie, you know, at any moment, any of your different Marvel characters can show up or like, you know, the X-Men from the old Fox stuff can show up. Like everything is just kind of merging together. It feels like. Mm. I feel like like going forward, it's like the, the mantra is just going to be everything is canon. Um, it's I know a different multiverse. I know because DC Comics was always a mess, which is funny to me because I always my perception of their characters was they were always the more classic characters, but that's not accurate at all. Whereas for a long time, my in it Spider Man view was that the Spider Man fran- or the Spider Man comic book franchise was always like the great status quo franchise. And like in reality, I was like, well, that wasn't right at all. Like the fucking clone nonsense, like the Ben Riley, the Scarlet Spider, who's who's actually Spider-Man. Oof. Um, I know like DC's rebooted their universe at least three times. I know they had a plans in place way back when for something called Hypertime, which was gonna be a fix to the continuity issue that they just weren't bold enough to do. I believe they are either just now doing or instituting something where it's gonna basically be like what's happening in Batman is its own thing. And then like the Batman and justice league, that's a different continuity. Don't worry about it. It's meant for whatever you're reading is true to what it's, mm-hmm. and it's like, it just kind of, it's like, it's like, we're not, we're not even going to bother anymore with, with, with fact checking our canon or what have you, which maybe is a good thing. Maybe it's a bad thing. I, I don't know. I don't know that star Wars is the place to, to do that. Yeah. I, I'd be much happier if they just kind of, tried to focus on a single timeline but we'll see and the fact that you can hop onto youtube and like find like a 10 minute video of all of like the subtle interesting nods and end game to the 10 year thing that they did in marvel movies i feel like it's like 
that canon that they established just in like those 20-ish movies, not bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and not bad in the job to like staying true to it in a way that's not jarring. Um, I don't know. I there's I've never watched all of it because I don't watch Parks and Rec, but I think that there's that theory put forth in a deleted scene of Patton Oswald on Parks and Rec where he starts like filibustering. Oh, you mean about this, this whole Star Wars idea? The Star Wars Marvel yeah. mm-hmm. crossover thing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that there's this like chaotic entity of internet fans who want that's that what happen. they want. Yeah. Yeah. Like they want that thing where it's like you're sitting on your living room floor as a kid and like all of your action figures are in play right now. And it's like, I don't know that I want that. Maybe when I was six. Cool. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm very dubious. All right. Well, we'll be back in a year. Talk about uh, the Mandalorian season three, seemingly, because it'll be that long. Yeah. I mean, Mandalorian season two is better than season one. So I guess what, what I have to me out like, is that it, I will it, not say that I'm looking forward to Mandalorian. Not really. No. What funs me out is that it, like one of the, the most fun things about the, the sequel trilogy that just came out was like the anticipation for the trailers. And then the mm-hmm. trailers were like really fucking good. And like when when is the next trailer we're gonna be really hyped for for a Star Wars movie? It's, I mean, I don't know what will come first, like the Rogue Squadron one or like the Acolyte one. But those are the only two that I'm really like. I need to clear out some time in my day to like watch that type of thing. Yeah, I mean, I still remember that those celebration like trailer. Resets. Yeah, yeah, I. I I just sat at this table that I'm sitting at right now with half a chub just being like, fuck, I'm witnessing history. I mean, when they dropped the, just a little teaser for the force awakens on Thanksgiving, like that was like a huge moment. That was so cool. It was it, it, like two days later. It was like the most watched mm-hmm. video of ever. Yeah. Well, and just, you would have thought that they were onto something brilliant just for roll it again. <laughs> but yeah, like, Oh, it's the trailer for the book of Boba Fett. Like, I just I don't care. <laughs> it's not as interesting to me. But but Mandalorian was definitely like that thing where people I encounter in my 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 daily life of like who are all, of all ages who don't know anything about Star Wars was just like oh shit I discovered this show called Mandalorian that's in your wheelhouse right like mm-hmm. we we have a shared language and I'm like I don't want to talk about Mandalorian <laughs> don't I'm talk sorry. to me about that ever again I, I know you feel great like you can finally speak to me in my language but that's not my language mm-hmm. that's not my dialect. I just, I don't know. I don't think I even remembered where season one ended when season two started. And I was like, I don't give a fuck. Unfortunately, I do right now remember where season two ended. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Who's the more jaded, pessimistic Star Wars fan of the two of us? I don't I feel know. Like it's me. Is it you? I, I don't know. I feel like it's me. <laughs> I'm still so annoyed about that stupid Luke Skywalker scene. But yeah. What would always be most is that I feel like there's such a better way they could have written it. Like, if they had an actor playing him where they could have actually given them real lines of dialogue and like a character to play rather than just like this masturbatory, like, you know, hallway scene fan service and shit. Well, just again, the, the, the idea that you need to like make up for something like the, the reboot thing, like the, the frustration of like Ryan Johnson's handling of Luke Skywalker. And it's like, you, you address that already in rise of Skywalker. I just Why think it would have been to give him a Vader hallway scene. It would have been so much more Luke Skywalker for him to have like faced the the prospect of all these killer droids and just had like R two hack the the, uh, the ship's computer and turn them all off. You know, like yeah, I feel so yeah. much more like Luke Skywalker, the Jedi Knight, to me. Was R two in that? 
He yeah, he was there. Mm-hmm. No, but nobody gets out alive. Mm-hmm. Nobody's spared. Yeah. All right. Well, that was a fun place to end on. Yeah. May the force be with you. Always. Always.